On this episode, we're talking all about iBuyers. Should you be afraid of them or not? Can you use them to your advantage or not? We're joined by Kevin Kaufman from Group 4610, a major player in our industry who has some serious perspective on iBuyers to talk about this. You will not want to miss this show. Get ready to take notes. Let's do it. Now, play my hilarious freaking intro with all the, you know, uh, brass balls to sell real estate stuff. Go ahead. The Massive Agent Podcast. We lead generation tips and strategies to get you more leads and sell more homes. I love to buy houses. I like to sell houses. It takes brass balls to sell real estate. Wait a minute. The leads are weak. You're weak. I've had better. Better. Oh, have I got your attention now? Here's your host, Dustin Brome. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 88 of the Massive Agent Podcast. I am your host, Dustin Brome. If you are new to the show, thank you for joining us. If you're old to the show, thank you for coming back because Lord knows this can be an audio train wreck at times. Just, uh, you know, me carrying on. But hopefully you've learned something. And if you're returning, thank you very much. If you uh, if you don't know me, my name is Dustin Brome, your host. I'm an agent in Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm a national speaker, trainer, and real estate marketing coach. I am also the host of my other podcast called Industry Connected. You can find wherever you're listening to this one. And it's, it's much more uh, for agents and loan officers, really anybody in the industry. And we talk more about... Uh, industry-related topics. Uh, So that's a great compliment to this show as well. Uh, We are a proud founding member of the Industry Syndicate, real estate's very first media network. So go to industrysyndicate.com to check out all of our other shows if you're looking for more podcasts, video shows, or flash briefings that you might like. All right, so today, Kevin Kaufman's joining. He is one of the co-founders of Group 4610. They are a team uh, with a presence in five or six or was it eight different markets? They, um, they're based in Phoenix, but they, they have what's called an expansion team. So they have teams all around the country, uh, all under one team, if that makes sense. Uh, so Kevin is also the co-host of the Kevin and Fred's Next Level podcast and the Next Level Next Level Agents Facebook group, and they do events and everything. Uh, great, great, knowledgeable uh, expert on the topic of iBuyers. Growing up in, I don't know if he grew up there, but he's based in Phoenix. Phoenix is really the, it's really ground zero for iBuyers. And so uh, as you'll learn today in this, in this interview, uh, they have five years of perspective on what iBuyers do to a market, how they affect it, what we as agents can do to work with them. Um, But my, my goal is this, look, there's so much fear out there in our industry right now with iBuyers. So many agents are fearful that the iBuyers, as soon as they come to their market, you know, if they hear Open Door or Zillow is coming to their market, oh, they may as well just pack up, call it a day, game over, no one's ever going to sell any more homes, right? Well, no, no. You have to have some perspective. And so this show, this interview is fantastic. Um, We will get to that in 30 seconds. So real quick, well, maybe more than 30, I have no idea. But very soon. Uh, traveling. If you are in one of these markets, I'm going to be traveling here over the next uh, the next couple months in September and October. So hopefully you can make it out to one. I'm going to be at Social Surveys Create Wow Summit on September 4th through 6th in San Ramon, California. Then I'll be on September 18th. I'll be in Grants Pass, Oregon. September 24th, I'm speaking and moderating a panel at the California Realtors Convention Reimagine Conference or 
convention, whatever they call it, on September 24th. So I will be there all day on September 24th. I'll be at EXPCon the the first week of October in Vegas. I'll be in Staten Island on October 4th, it looks like. I'll be speaking in Salt Lake City at the Salt Lake Board of Realtors on October 16th. And then in Madison, Wisconsin, October 24th through 25th at the Agent Rise Summit. And I might even pick up a gig or two between now and then. So if you're in one of those markets, I'd love for you to join us. Um, Reach out if you need more details about any of those. Uh, quick shout out. This, this episode is brought to us by one of my favorite vendors in our industry, Postcard Mania. Guys, you know I'm a big proponent of not just digital marketing, not just Facebook ads, not just any one thing, but the whole package, doing all of it because it all complements it, it all complements each other. So if you're just sending postcards, you're not going to have the success as if you were sending postcards and retargeting that same area with Facebook ads and you had a, a digital marketing tracking system going on. Um, what's great is you don't, if you just have postcard mania do it, it's a turnkey solution. They have a, an amazing solution where they handle that whole system for you. They are, they have what works. They have the system that works. You just say, Hey, postcard mania, I want you to do this and they will set it up for you. And you'll have the whole system working Facebook ads, postcards, mailers, tracking, follow up, all that stuff. So to find out more about that, just go to postcardmania.com slash realtor kit to get your free real estate marketing kit specifically for real estate agents. It's a special offer for massive agent listeners only postcardmania.com slash realtor kit, totally free. They're not asking you to buy anything, just go get it. And, uh, and, and that will help you in your marketing. And if you look into what they're offering, I'm telling you guys, they have so much value and they take so much off your plate. So they are worth looking into. So thank you postcard mania for being a sponsor and supporter of the show. All right. So let's jump into the interview right now with Kevin Kaufman, a major player, a godfather, if you will, a Don in the real estate industry. Um, yeah, yeah. He's a major player, but no, great guy. They have a media empire going and a massive real estate team in many different markets. He has more more perspective on iBuyers than almost anyone I know outside of someone who works at an iBuyer company. So Kevin Kaufman, uh, let's get into the interview now. What's up, guys? I'm sitting here with Kevin Kaufman of Group 4610 in Phoenix, Arizona. And um, Kevin, welcome to the Massive Agent Podcast, my friend. Hey, man, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you guys have a huge group, a huge team that spans multiple states, multiple markets, and uh, you're also with eXp Realty. Awesome. Great minds think alike. Indeed. Yeah. When did you switch? Quick side note. Uh, when did- uh, let's see. It was June of 2018. So um, okay. not too long ago. Okay. I, for some reason, I thought you were before me. I, I switched over in May of 2018. No, you, you beat me in the door, man. I guess, even though I waited a year after I heard about it. Anyways, um, yeah, so, so I wanted to talk about iBuyers. You have some really interesting perspective because you're in Phoenix, among other markets. Um, so I want to talk about your business model, your team. Like y- You have such great insight on so many things, building a big team, um, building an expansion team, how to manage people, um, how to hire, all that stuff. And you gave a great presentation uh, you know, t- to that uh, at the the EXP leadership event in Vegas last week, which was which was awesome. It, it, you you and Fred giving each other shit is hilarious. It's I, we always tell people like half the reason we teach is just so we can try to throw the other person off in front of other people. <laughs> I love it. That's a worthy goal. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So so real quick, anyone who does not know you or your your partner Fred Weaver and Group Forty Six, it is Forty Six Ten, not right, not 
not yeah. 4610 or some other number. Uh, 4610, yeah, you got it. <laughs> Uh, bring us up to speed on, on who you are, how you got into the business, you know, give us a quick 60 to 90 seconds. Um, the cliff's notes of, of you and your business. Yeah. So, uh, gosh, the cliff notes. So we started working together in February of 2008 and it was just because we were both doing some short sales. I hadn't even been licensed a year yet. And we decided to share an office, share some resources because we were both at working from home, calling banks. And, uh, we both actually employed his brother to help us as basically as an assistant. So we decided to share an office and started working together. Next thing you know, we started getting momentum and we went from like 12 listings to felt like 90 overnight. And just the business just blew up because we were willing to do short sales. And we looked like your typical, if you ever read the Millionaire Real Estate Agent book, we were like the typical, typical MREA model, just that our listings were short sales. And we evolved over time and you know, we've gone through different iterations. I can remember a time after 2012 when our business really fell apart because um, I thought it'd be a good idea to take a job as a regional director for Keller Williams Realty. Bad idea in case you're curious. Like a corporate um, gig? Yeah. 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 Really? Um, sometimes I do really dumb stuff, man. Um, so like, like really dumb, right? But you learn, you live and learn. And so, you know, about that same time, we were going through a big shift in our market here in Arizona, which is kind of led to where we're at today, um, where the market was coming back. And Short sales were starting to go away, but we'd also done a really poor job leading our people. So I remember one day we looked up, the end of 2012, and it was just basically me and Fred and our administrative team. And it was, dude, that was like kind of a kick in the gut. Like, okay, I tell people like 2013 was the year I learned to become a realtor because prior to that, I'd taken a few hundred listings, but honestly, I'd done them all from the comfort of my office or my car. I hadn't gone to anybody's house and it was quite a change. And I remember we went through this phase where we just had a couple salaried buyers agents, um, and it was a, we ran a real tight staff, and that was fun. And then we once we really got good at taking listings, so I realized I sucked, and that's a whole other story. That's a whole other episode of how to become a really great listing agent. Part two. Yeah, exactly. We then scaled out, and because we like to do things, you know, big and make a lot of mistakes at once, we ultimately ended up as we were shifting our model to away from this MRA model and away from the salaried agent model, we started letting our agents and training our agents how to take listings too. Um, we also decided to start doing that in another city, happened to be Denver. And uh, we then, so that was September 1st, 2014. And so for just about five years now, we've run an expansion team. We then opened up Nashville a few months later. Um, and we've, the ones that have survived, I'll put it this way, we're now in a total of six markets across five states. So Phoenix, obviously, is home base. Uh, we've, we've been in Tucson now for about three and a half years. Denver, obviously, for about five. Uh, Nashville for four and a half. San Luis Obispo, California for just over two years. And uh, recently opened up in Dallas, which was the first opening we'd had in over two years here in the last uh, month or so. And so that's where we operate. And we, you know, everything is, people ask me all the time about like, what's an expansion team? Well, truthfully, it's kind of like a regular team. The difference is, is that our salespeople are on the ground in a different city. I don't see them every day. It's truthfully not that complicated. The complicated part is in the laws and the marketing and stuff like that, that, you know, having to have yep. different systems and bringing those together. Uh, that, that gives me an idea for a future show. I would love to have you back to talk just in detail about an expansion team, how to, how to build a team in another area that you're not in, because I think that would be really valuable. Um, I, I imagine you just need really good independent self-starter people. 
Yeah. And you know, that's, that's definitely a, a good start to it in uh, you've got, you've got to have, here's the thing I've learned now, 12 years running, running the team is that you've got to have really great people, no matter what, whether you're expanding or local, if you're going to let something get much bigger than just yourself or you and one or two other people, you're going to live and die based on the, the talent you could bring into your, to your world. For sure. So um, awesome. So let's switch over to iBuyers. So anyone listening who does not yet know what an iBuyer is, an iBuyer is a term that I think Brad Inman coined, um, <laughs> or they at least have made it the, the standard term. Kudos to them for being able to do that. Um, but it, it's an investor buyer. So a, a company like Opendoor or Zillow or Offerpad, and there's there's others out there, but it's basically... It's like, it's like the, the we buy houses sign people. It's, it's a real estate investor who's willing to buy a home and they just have to buy it at a certain amount so there's still a profit margin. So they can buy it and sell it for more. And they do that as their business model and they have a great marketing team, a great marketing department. So Open Doors, Zillow Offers, I think, is that what they call it? Zillow Offers? Zillow Offers, yeah. Zillow Offers, OfferPad, um, you know, those are those are the the like the standalone companies. Then some brokerages are launching their own iBuyer programs. Uh, it's there's there's different iBuyers. There's the brokerage backed iBuyers, and then there's the standalone companies, and they're very different things. Um, so, what? How long have you been seeing these? Because you're in Phoenix, which which is kind of the the uh, the launching pad for these companies. I, I believe Open Door was really the first iBuyer that I'm aware of, and didn't they start in Phoenix? They did. And so I know, I don't know what day you're going to release this episode, but it's August. Right now it's August of 2019. It's five years ago this month that they bought their first home in Phoenix. Okay. So that's, you know, it's funny because they're not even in all the markets yet, but here we right. are in Phoenix. We've had five years of getting you kind of getting used to them being in our home, uh, in our backyard. So it's been five years now and uh, yeah, it's changed things dramatically over those, over those five years. It has. Okay. Um, the reason I wanted to, do, to talk about this, and, and we just covered it a little bit on my other podcast, Industry Connected, on episode 16 that just came out last week. We talked about it a little bit, but I really want to dive deep because there's so much fear and, and so, much, uh, so many misconceptions among agents that iBuyers, when they enter their market, they're just going to take all the business and everyone, uh, all the agents who aren't mega teams will go out of business. And that's just not, that's not the case, but you've, you just said that things have changed dramatically since Open Door launched five years ago. What kind of changes have you seen? So number one, the biggest change, and it also is connected to the biggest misconception about these iBuyers, like you use the term, we buy ugly houses, and that's a great way to describe it. The big difference is we buy ugly houses going in for literally looking for an ugly house that has a lot of work to be done, where there's a huge profit margin. And Open Door, OfferPad, Zillow, you know, Redfin, all these other companies, they're looking for much smaller. Like they're actually looking to be as cost effective as possible for the consumer. So I think the number one thing we have to know is that these brands, these companies are all about the consumer experience. And that is where they're coming from. So I hear agents a lot of times go, yeah, but they're, you know, they want, an, a, they want a 40% discount. No, they don't. They, they really don't. In fact, in Phoenix, now here we are five years later their average fee is like six and a half, seven percent to the seller. So when you look at that and see how competitive their offers are in a lot of cases, 
sometimes it's not even sometimes it's not even a discount. Sometimes it's better than what I think I could get for them on the MLS. And I think that's the biggest misconception is uh, that that agents have, and that I think we have to understand. All that said, they're not going to buy every single house in the area. So there's like two trains of thoughts that I've seen amongst the agents I've spoken to over the last couple of years, which is head in the sand. It doesn't matter. They're not going to do anything. Well, I'm here to tell you that it was 25,000 transactions last year. So yeah, they're going to do something. Um, they've got in Phoenix, there was, I don't know if it's, uh, I don't have the current month statistics, but the iBuyers now granted it's mostly open door off of and Zillow. There are a few others. They're making up 6% of the sales here in Phoenix and it's going, I believe it'll be as high as 20% one day. I really do. And so they're not something that we have to pretend is going to not impact us at all. And they're also not something that we should be scared of that it's going to take us all the way. Like right. There's, there's somewhere right in the middle where we as real estate professionals need to operate. Yes. Uh, I heard a stat recently that, uh, that I think I heard it from Chelsea Pites that in Phoenix, about 40% of home sellers at some point are getting an offer or at least exploring getting an offer from an iBuyer before listing their home. Yeah. So I don't know the exact number either, but I know earlier this year it was, it was 30% of all listings that hit the MLS had already had an offer. Interesting. Well, and, and I know that I've talked about this on another, on another show. It might've been um, with Bill Risser last week or the week prior, but at the same time, like, see, that's the headline you read. That's the headline that freaks people out because they don't, they don't zoom out and look past it. And, and we haven't even gotten to this yet. You can actually use iBuyers as a tool to help you get more listings and close more deals. We'll get yes. there in a second. Uh, but you've got to have the education and the understanding and don't be blinded by fear when you read a headline like 30 or 40% of sellers have entertained an offer from an iBuyer. But the other stat is more people are using realtors today to sell their homes than before. I don't know the exact stat, but that's the gist of it. That's the overall thing. So are iBuyers taking a big chunk? Sure. I mean, you said 6% of the, the sales in Phoenix are happening through iBuyers, but there's still more people using realtors because iBuyers, they fill a need, right? It's never going to go to 100%, you know, because some people want to squeeze every dollar possible out. Yeah. They don't need to do a ton of repairs to their home and they can wait that they can put their home on the market list traditionally and get more money. Some people just got a job offer across the country. Their home needs a lot of work to get top dollar on the market. They just want to sell it fast and they'll, they'll, they'll make 20 grand less to do it. Not everyone fits that. Not everyone fits anything. What do you have to add to this, uh, this narrative, um, this perspective, before we jump into the conversation of how you can actually use iBuyers uh, as a tool to help you? You know, I think at the end of the day, you know, I was talking to my friend, Chris Heller, uh, a few months ago, I was actually interviewed him for, for a podcast. And he said something to me that I thought was really smart and it's stuck with me ever since. He said, you know, consumer behavior drives technology, not the other way around. And so what I think, I think the real lesson here as real estate agents, what we need to do is we need to go, what, what is this behavior that should be driving the way we respond to the consumer demand because how can we provide that type of experience? Because listen, I don't know if any of your listeners have bought and sold real estate themselves personally or like their primary residence in the last say six months to a year, 
but it sucks. It's inconvenient to have people come through your home. It's inconvenient to schedule showings for yourself. Like the whole process is, is not fun for the most part. And I think that as realtors, we tend to get numb to that because we do it every day, right? It's like a doctor can get really numb to whatever procedure they're an expert at because they do it every day. Whereas, you know, when you're going in as a patient, it might be the only time in your life you ever experience that. So I, I think we've got to understand where the consumers are coming from and understand that, listen, we get paid a lot of money or we have the opportunity to be paid a lot of money. And I think as an industry, we've really got to up our game and learn from these companies and the service that they're providing and the demand of the consumer that they're meeting. And we need to ask ourselves, how can I do that? Uh, that, it, that is so true on so many levels and it's full of honesty, right? Look, it, it, just because we sell homes all day, every day, and the process to us is it's become easy. That's only because we do it all the time. Yeah. You know, it, look, guys, there's a reason why realtors are, have such a bad rap. There's a reason why people don't want to deal with realtors. There's a, people why, uh, there's a reason why people maybe want to try to list by themselves. It's because they know someone or they personally have had a terrible experience because it's stressful. It, you know, even if you're selling your own home as an agent, it's still stressful, like you said. So we have to be honest about that. Um, you know, there, obviously, there's a need and a demand for the iBuyer model for some sellers. That's going to increase as they grow into more markets. We don't even have Zillow or Open Door in Salt Lake yet. Open Door just announced they're coming to Salt Lake, but they're not actually open for business here. We have OfferPad. As far as I know, that's the only um, you know, traditional iBuyer out there. Um, no, you're absolutely right. We have to be honest about, about the, all of it. Um, what do you, what do you see as I, so I think we should just jump right into it yeah. with all of this. Cause we're, we're, we're kind of talking up why I buyers exist and why they will continue to grow in the future. Um, why should we not be afraid of this as agents? So first of all, I think, can I actually, can I just go backwards one step? Please. And then we can, we can tackle why, should, why we shouldn't be afraid of it and, and yes. potentially how we can use it. I think about this. What, could you imagine if you had a travel agent, say, you know, years ago before travel agents were greatly reduced the way they have been, um, and it's in the beginning of, say, Expedia and Travelocity, et cetera, and you're talking to your travel agent and you need, you need airline tickets from uh, Salt Lake to Phoenix and a hotel in Phoenix, and, and they said to you, Oh, you you don't you don't want to use Priceline or or Travelocity. That's terrible. They're going to gouge you on prices, and you don't want to use it. And then you decide, you know what? I really like Sally. You know, she's been a great travel agent for me. But I'm just going to go check it out. Like I'm just because I keep seeing these commercials and William Shatner. He's really appealing, right? And so you go to the website and you realize that you do open doors commercials. <laughs> he doesn't, but he used to do. Uh, uh, oh, Priceline. Price yeah. Priceline. Yeah, yeah. And, and so then you go and you get on Priceline or, or one of these other websites and you go, oh, I can get round, round trip air in a super sweet hotel for like 40% less than she quoted me. I'm going to do that. She's lost all credibility with you if she did that, right? Could you imagine if travel, and I don't know if they did or didn't, but could just think about that scenario. So that's the reason why I think we have to figure out how to work, why we need to work with them and not just go and badmouth them. We need to present facts, not emotions and opinions when we're talking to our, our clients. Right. Remember, the, these consumers are not industry insiders. They do not have our perspective. 
and you you it's amazing how many agents don't realize that and they they use industry jargon in their freaking marketing like uh, you know the FHA just increased the loan amounts in this county to this amount like that means anything to anybody anywhere who's not in the industry like they don't you know the um why so let's well so, okay so you meant the part two sorry i i went backwards so you no, said you're like, good. Okay, i'm glad what, you did what can we do right how can yeah. we work with these companies well i mean you actually just said the first one that's most obvious is why don't we just find out how we work with them but so guys tip number one if open door is in your market go to their website forward slash agents and just apply to be part of their agent program for nothing more than to understand what they're offering to agents and what they can do. Now, you might be able to build a relationship and build some business off of it. Maybe you just refer a few deals from them. But I think about it this way. So one of the ways we can use these companies is concurrent closes, right? Let's say, listen, it's been a good run in real estate in almost every market in this country. You got somebody who's built up 50, 70, 80 grand of equity, 100 grand of equity in the last six, seven years. You'd be surprised how many sellers would go, you know what, for 10 grand less, and I can have the convenience of not having to show. I can have the confidence of knowing it's going to close because this is a cash buyer. In fact, I even get to pick the closing date. Like, yes, let's just sell this and I'm just going to move right now. I can go out and I can write an offer right away to my new home or in my new city, wherever, that, wherever that's going to be, and I can get it done. Granted, as the agent, maybe you were going to make, you know, double your commission for two deals. And now maybe you make, let's say um, four, four percent instead. Of, I don't know if we can say that. I'm not allowed to say that, right? Or you maybe, can say whatever the hell you want. All right. So let's say this if you normally charge, show. let's say you normally charge 3% per side, right? Mm. And so now you're going to get 3% on the buy side when you go sell them a new house and you only get 1% on the list side because you went through open door, but you didn't have to spend any money on marketing. You have to spend any time on marketing. And what you, all you have to do is be their fiduciary through that. Um, and so I look at that as, you just turned it faster, you saved money, and so your profit actually probably goes up. And you look good to the consumer because you brought them what was most important to them. And as fiduciaries, that's what we have to do. So I think that's reason number one or, or the way we first look at that. The other thing is, here's a little secret, they're not going to buy every single house. In fact, probably 30, 40% of the requests they get are automatically denied because they don't fit their buy box criteria. So I don't know about you, but that smells like opportunity. What percentage is denied? Like 40%, 30, 40% denied instantly. Like they're not even going to get an offer. So to me, what I hear is, well, there's opportunity for listings. So how can I be of value to them to where I can maybe meet some of these people that aren't, that aren't, that they're not going to buy. Right. So maybe if I'm bringing them deals, they can bring me deals and it can be kind of like we can work together. So I look at that, that way of doing it too. But here's the other thing I really look at is this is at the end of the day, this is about having all of our cards on the table, being honest and open with all of the information. Again, I know not all states legally require a fiduciary relationship, but in Arizona we do. Mm -hmm. And I believe that if I'm smart enough to say, go get Zillow's offer, then I also need to bring offer pads and I need to bring open doors. And in our case, in our market, we have a lot of institutional buyers who are buying, who they do buy and hold. Like if I know there's all these instant offers out there available, if I'm smart enough to get one, I think, I'm li I, I, think I now have a liability and a responsibility to go get the rest. 
as your as your so let's look at what all of our options are and then we can we can say hey listen here's what i think i can do on the mls by the way it's going to take this much time here's the net here's what i think if you put this much money into it might be able to get a little bit more here's what i can get you right now where you can pick your closing date you know the confidence of them closing and i'm gonna i'm you know I'll, I'll walk you through it and we'll go on to the next purchase so i start looking at to me this is just another tool this is if you think about uh there's a lot i know a lot of agents you probably know a lot of agents too they work exclusively with home builders and a lot of the work that they do they do is free in exchange for half of a deal right mm -hmm. and so this isn't anything different than that really when you look at it right helping with like a new home trade-in program or it's not much different than say a guaranteed sale program. What we're saying to people now is this is a guaranteed offer program. Like in the other piece of it is the, the other way we can use these, if we have these in the market, how much more powerful is your marketing statement um, or your phone calls, your text messages, your emails to your sphere and your clients, whether cold or warm, instead of saying, would you like to know the value of your home? Hey, would you like an offer on your home? Because no, they don't want to know the value of their home. There's a thousand websites out there that they can go get the value of their home. What they do want to know is not theoretically what's the value. What would be the offer if I got an offer today? That's what they want to know. And so if you can be the person in your market to be the authority on that, trust me, you will stand out from the competition. So let's, uh, let's summarize that real quick. So we can use, look, using iBuyers as a tool is the smart play. And if you're just open about what's going on and how they work, they are a tool you can use. And when you refer them a deal as an agent, if you actually have a seller and you refer them to Opendoor or whoever, they will pay you 1%. They'll, they'll pay you 1% for that. And it cl closes like that. You're not putting any money into marketing. You're not, you know, going through the whole process, you know, 30, 40 days, wherever you're at, sometimes less, sometimes more. Uh, it's just, it's easy. So in the scenario that you mentioned where you can have some, a seller who, who needs to sell before they can buy something else and they're in a crazy hot market, I know Phoenix is like this and, and many markets are, it's such a pain in the ass because they can't, they're not going to get an offer accepted if it's uh, contingent on their, the sale of their home first. Yep. A seller's not going to take that offer. So now you have someone who will buy it They'll have cash in their account. They can just go write an offer and they'll have all that equity. Hopefully they have some. They can put down, they can make a more attractive offer that's not contingent and win in competitive markets. That's a very big deal. And by doing so, you're also earning a 1% referral fee from the iBuyer. Yeah, and I gotta I got tell you too, even if I wasn't earning a 1% referral fee from the iBuyer, the thing I'm doing though is making sure that my clients all know that they should come to me with these questions. Yep, that you're going to be honest. Yeah, come to me because I can help you. I'm the person that you come to when you want the truth and you want to help. And it might mean that I'm going to lose, quote, lose a deal here and there. Don't get me wrong. We're going to lose transactions to them over time, but mm -hmm. there's no reason why we have to go completely out of business. And there's like the power of trying to fight against them rather than work with them to me makes so much more sense and such a greater use of our resources uh, and so why not position ourselves as the iBuyer expert and so that your clients know, come to you first. To me, that's, that's the real play. And that's why it's so important to get educated on these things and why I'm excited that there's finally some education out there in the market. In Phoenix, we kind of forget about it again. You know, they'll, they'll do four to 600 transactions a month here in Phoenix. So it's sort of, yeah, we're just used to it. 
And I, I forget that when I go everywhere else to other markets, you know, I was teaching the Pacific Northwest recently and it's like, oh man, they're barely doing 10 or 20 deals a month here. These people have no idea what's about to hit them. Right. So right. get out in front of this while you can. Yeah. You, you definitely gave it a great little nugget there. If you can market yourself as the iBuyer expert or, you know, and consumers don't know the term iBuyer. That's, that's industry jargon. So don't use that, but an instant offer, uh, instant offer expert where you can kind of just be the one they come to. So like, oh my God, there's like eight different options here. Which, which one's best? Which one's reputable? And you can advise them and guide them through that. Uh, you're doing what's best for them. They know they can come to you because you're honest, whether it benefits you or not. That's just good business. And even if maybe you do lose a deal in that situation, but they're, you, you know they're, they're going to be stoked because they had less stress. They got what they needed. Do you think they're going to talk about you positively to anyone? And that they might refer you. Exactly right. Exactly right. Yeah rather than so many agents out there who are doing the same thing they do with Zillow with uh, Zestimates is you go out there and badmouth it. Oh, you don't want to do that. They take a 10% fee. They take, you know, whatever fee that might be factual, but what it sounds like to a consumer who's, who's been seeing the marketing from these iBuyers marketing, their marketing's on point. And so when they hear you, a real estate agent, badmouth them, it sounds like you're blockbuster badmouthing Netflix. Yep. That's exactly what it sounds like. And you're going to be, it's going to look bad on you in the future. There's no doubt about it. You know, the, the other thing too, that I'll hear a lot of agents say, which is, oh, that's fine. They can keep their, they bought a house in my neighborhood and they paid five grand more than what it was worth to begin with. They probably lost 30 grand on the deal. How they can't operate like that. First of all, let, let's be really clear. They've like open door alone has raised over 4 billion. That's billion with a B dollars in the last five years. Okay. Yep. So they have cash. Okay. They have money. And second of all, who cares? It, it doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter to you if they're losing money or making money. The, Amazon lost money for 20 years. Nobody cared about that. They, they came out of it. You know, they seem to be doing okay. Nobody was going, Oh, Amazon's losing money. They'll never put bookstores out of business or they'll never change the retail landscape yet. They did. And so let's, let's not worry about whether they're making money or losing money, because that's, that's none of our business, right? I know agents that operate at a loss all the time, but they got the prettiest billboards and the nicest marketing out there with their mug all over the place. Good for them. You know, it's not how I want to roll, but good for them. And so let's, let, let's not concern ourselves with that side of it. Let's concern ourselves with the consumer side of it. Um, so many uh, people I hear just grandstanding from stage and this rallying cry of like, we've got to, We've got to fight against the disruption. Yes, I do believe we all have to band together as realtors more than ever. And I don't believe our rallying cry should be around, how do I save my commission? I think our rallying cry should be, how do we provide a better consumer experience? Because overall, as an industry, we sucked at it for years. And so we've got to get better as an industry and provide a better consumer experience and no longer be thought of as slightly better or worse in some cases than say like a used car salesperson, right? Like we, yep. we should absolutely be looking to how do we up that game and how do we provide that Amazon level of customer service? So I'm going to ask a question and anyone listening, I want you to, to answer this to yourself. If you were a consumer and you had two agents, two, two agents come over to talk about listing your home, one of them showed up and they have one option, list the home, you know, put 10 grand into repairs. You're going to sell it for this. Here's what you'll net. The next one comes, they say, hey, I can list it. 
Sure, put 10 grand into fixing it up, whatever you're gonna net this. Or, hey, if you need to sell it fast, you're gonna make a little bit less, but you can sell it fast. You're not gonna have to do those repairs. You're gonna get cash in hand in a week. Now they have two options. Which agent are you going to trust more? And look, uh, you know, which one are you going to appreciate more? Obviously, the one that brought you more options. So that's what that's where you're going to do right by your clients is by just accepting the fact these iBuyers, whether they're making money or not, they are buying homes. That's all that matters. Are they buying homes or not? The answer is yes. A lot. Whatever, their business model is for them to figure out, are they buying homes? Yes or not? Yes. Cool. How can I bring value to the seller? Here's, here, I can net you more. Here's what all these other guys are offering. Which one's best? Sometimes they might actually take the, the quick sale for less money. Most of the time they won't. But either way, you brought them more options than less. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a good thing. And that's how I started my career, Kevin. I, I don't know if you've ever done this on listing presentations. Um, but when I first started back in 2011-ish, um, or 2010, I don't know, whatever. I've been an agent for like nine years. So do the math. Um, there were a ton of short sales, ton of REOs in Salt Lake. And I know Phoenix is very, very similar because you were listing all of them. Um, but I had an investor who, it, my broker, I mean, he flips a bunch of homes. He, he's flipped 500 something homes. And he's like, hey, whenever you go to a listing presentation, just know, um, you know, we'll, we'll buy it. You know, it's just, a, it's just a matter of what price. So I went into listing presentations with an investor offer and, you know, one time out of 50, maybe they, they, they took that. But I got more listings because I brought more options. That, that's no different than, than what iBuyers are providing us right now. It's that simple. And, and I think some of us get this, you know, we think it's the, the top dollars, the only thing that matters. And I think that's so self-righteous for us to think that we know what's best for them rather than just providing options and letting them choose what's best for them. Um, yes, some people will leave money on the table because time guaranteed you know, having the confidence and the convenience of it. Like those are the things that matter to them more than a couple extra bucks. And it shouldn't be, our, we shouldn't be telling them what's right or wrong for them. Like that, that, that is not what we are. That, that is not our job. Our job is to provide the options, make sure they know it's available to them, put their financial needs ahead of our own and let them make the decision. That, that's, that's what we should be doing. Not, you know, trying to be as antiquated as, as we have been as an industry. Yeah. And, and bad mouthing it, it just makes us look petty and unprofessional and scared. Um, you know, and when you do that, when, when agents are, are bad mouthing this other business model, it, like you said in the beginning, it almost makes the, the consumer more curious. They're like, interesting. I didn't know about this business model, but now I'm curious. And then, you might've just referred a deal that you didn't realize you referred. Exactly it. That's yeah. exactly it. Um, is there, so iBuyers have definitely taken off in a, in a, you know, they're getting, they're gaining market share. Have there been any negatives that have come from it? Like, is there anything that, um, like what have, what's happened over the five years in Phoenix since Open Door launched? that maybe wasn't anticipated by them? Like what adjustments have they had to make that maybe they weren't doing in the beginning? How have they had to adjust to market conditions or, or consumer attention and all that? Well, you know, the thing is they've adjusted. That's what they've done, I think, in a way beautifully and in a way 
it's kind of like, yeah, no wonder. Like they've got all this money, they can do that. Everything mm. from their marketing. I mean, listen, man, if you, when you come to Phoenix, you can't avoid iBuyers. I mean, I'm just mean, you just physically are present in Phoenix. Everything from radio, TV, billboards, you name it, you can't avoid them. So um, they have absolutely figured out how to scale their marketing and their presence. They have made different changes on how they work with agents. They've made sure that they put effort into making sure agents know that they're not out to, to, to do away with us. Um, they've changed their approaches in the way they talk to agents, the different deal. You know, it wasn't that you could always get a 1% referral fee. Um, in fact, it wasn't even that they would even, weren't even open to referrals from agents for a while because they just didn't realize that that would be a great source of business for them. Because like, they're truly coming in this from a different perspective and going, how do we change the game here to make this better for the consumer? So I don't, in fact, I don't know that there's anything that they haven't changed or that they haven't adjusted over the five years. They, I've seen them continuously adjust things. And what I, what, the part about it that I admire that I see show up consistently is it seems to me that if it's good for the consumer, they're willing to do it. And what we also have to be honest about and just accept is that companies like Opendoor with their four billion plus in financing and Zillow, you know, they are Silicon Valley companies. They're tech companies with great marketing. And so a company like that, they sure they they probably have people who have been in the real estate business before, but they approach uh getting clients from like they come into our industry as outsiders and look at it not as how it's been done for the last however long. They look at it as how it should be done. That's why they're winning is because yep. they don't have all these bad habits. They don't they're not they haven't drawn a line in the sand of how they're gonna do things because you know this is this my value is this and I won't work for it. they don't do that. Um and they're winning. They're gaining market share. It, it's really interesting. Um and an adjustment that I've seen the industry make is, and I alluded to this in the beginning, there's two different kinds of iBuyers. There's the institutional ones. Then there's the brokerage-backed iBuyers, which I think are fantastic for agents. Uh, Keller Williams announced theirs. It's, it's really a partnership with OfferPad. Um, but then there's also, thank you. My wife just brought me some coffee. Thanks, That's awesome. Um, there's, it is awesome. She's the best. Um, EXP has has announced their their iBuyer program to to add a tool in the tool belt of agents, which I'm super stoked about. And I'm sure other brokerages will follow suit. There's probably brokerages that have uh, iBuyer programs that I just I'm not aware of. I don't know if Remax has one or not. They will. But how are those different? How's the Keller Williams and the EXP iBuyer programs? How's that different from Open Door? So I, I think actually the way they're different is, is kind of all the same in the sense that it's, and this is where I think as the agent, we need to be real careful. Okay. And this was my, this was my criticism of the Keller Williams and, and offer pad deal. And it's going to be my criticism of any other deal, including EXP. And I love this company, man. I, I absolutely adore EXP. I love the, I love what we're doing as a company. But if we only bring one option, we are doing the consumer a disservice. And so um, open door is only one option. OfferPad is only one option. And granted, there might be some markets like you just mentioned um, that, uh, you know, that, that uh, open doors announced they're coming, right? OfferPad is it's there. Like yeah, eventually yep. 
they'll all be there, right? If it's good for one of them, there's going to be two or three or four of them. And so what I think what we have to do is realize that they all look for something a little bit different. They all think that they're all working on their own secret sauce, right? And their own, hey, this is how we really scale by buying this house and this, you know, in this buy box, if you will. Um, So I think we've got to be careful not to go, hey, open door is the only one or offer pads, the only one, or this buyer is the only one. And actually, again, it comes back to that fiduciary responsibility, which is if I'm smart enough to bring in one offer, I feel like it's my duty to bring in multiple offers. So that way the consumer knows, because as an example, okay, this is, I'm going to talk about the Phoenix market and the Phoenix market only. As an example, where OfferPad, by the way, OfferPad also started here. Uh, Brian Bear is a local agent and he started it here. So in our market, OfferPad is consistently the, the least attractive offer between OfferPad, Opendoor, and Zillow. Okay? They're consistently the least attractive offer to the seller. Now, their hook is they can do free moves. Trust me, it's not free. It's built into the, to the cost structure, right? Right. And so here's the way I look. Here's the danger. If I'm a KW agent, as an example, and I say, hey, listen, we can do this, and I sort of push that offer pad deal because I know that I get the listing back, and that's in my best interest, not theirs, not the consumers. And so I, I, worry, about, I worry about brokers doing that. I think what we all need to do as brokerages is we need to have and I believe this is where EXP is going with it, though I don't know for sure. It's like, there should be like a marketplace, right? Or just as agents, we need to have our own marketplace for here's actually all the offers I can bring you from our, from our area. You know, here's the institutional buyers along with the iBuyers with Zoo, Zillow, OfferPad, Opendoor. And we should be able to present multiple options to the consumer and not just these onesies, twosies. And listen, to your point, I think we should also, again, what did I, I started this off by saying we should learn from these companies. Maybe this is the opportunity for us to start buying more and creating a, a different or additional business model for ourselves as real estate agents. I love that. And uh, see, that's the thing that so many agents are so tunnel vision on commission being their income source. And, and look, that's good to be focused, but to ignore stuff that's right in front of your freaking face that does not distract from what you're currently doing. And I'm talking about, you know, buying homes that when the, when the situation's right, um, your brokerage choice that may or may not offer certain additional revenue streams and everything. And yes, I'm talking about EXP. Um, it's being too tunnel vision is a bad thing. And so, yeah, there's so many deals that come across, uh, that come across because we're out there talking to sellers and everyone has a unique situation and unique needs. So you're right. Um, why, why aren't agents just being their own eye buyer? Yeah. Why not? Right. And some are, I mean, in fairness, some are, there's a, I forget the name. I think he's in Florida, but there's, there's a, an agent that sells over a thousand homes a year, but he has this uh, software program that he's built. You may even know who I'm talking about. I heard about it at an EXP mastermind. But um, he has a, he's built his own proprietary software that reaches out to all the instant offer companies and gets offers. And then he goes to the seller, like, here's what we can do if we list it. Here's all the other opportunities. They list most of them. Sometimes they refer it to the instant offer iBuyer for 1% and they close a hell of a lot more deals because when you refer one out, because it's in the best interest of the client, you now, you've now freed up time to go work with more people. Um, exactly. That's just an agent who did that. Why yeah. can't we do that? You know, exactly. Why can't we? And, and don't get me wrong. Like uh, I've gone down the path of software and built technology into my company. And 
that's expensive and not something I ever want to do again. Yeah, However, that's a beast. But there are ways to leverage what other what other people have done. You know, I can think of um, uh, so there's a, there's a new certification course out there on how to work with these companies, not just not just i buyers, but also institutionals. And part of one of the things that they that they offer is the ability to have a website like that, so you can go out and sort of be that travelocity, if you will, of iBuyers and of these instant offers. And so, okay, I'm not going to go hire, trust me, I'm not going to hire developers again and bring them in house again. I won't do that again. Costs a lot of money. Um, but what I can just plug into this other, this other system and do the same thing. Yeah, I'm in all day long. I'm in. Yep. The underlying theme here, guys, is presenting more offers to, to a potential seller is good for you. It's good for them. It's it's just good business. And yes, I buyers, you might lose out on some deals. You may never talk to a seller because they went with an I buyer before they reached before they reached out to you. That's going to happen. They're gaining market share. Yes, but to put your head in the sand and just blanket statement I buyers bad is is really doing yourself, your business, your family, and your potential clients a huge disservice. And it's not intellectually honest. It's just not. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not scared of iBuyers. You don't sound scared of iBuyers. I mean, I embrace it, man. I, yeah. First of all, I just embrace change. Um, I like technology, so I'm sort of, uh, I, I guess I lean that way naturally. But the, at the end of the day, this, is, this has forced me to look at my business differently, and I like that. It's challenged me. And I can tell you right now, like a lot of the business conversations that my business partner Fred and I have, especially for the last few months, has been around how do we get better at dealing with this and embracing iBuyers? So that way we can capitalize in a bigger way on, in our business. And we've, we've been working with them for a couple of years, um, but it's really forced us. This conver- I'm glad this conversation is becoming so prevalent in 2019 because it's forced us to up our game a little bit too. And so I, I think again, competition's good. Uh, it is. And, and when things change so fast and, and when there's more competition, that creates new opportunities. Yeah, it does. And look, guys, if you're not being forced to adjust because competitors are adjusting, you're going to be out of business eventually because they're, they're, they're going to adjust. Other people will adjust because this company adjusted. You have to roll with the punches. I mean, the technology is moving so damn fast. Consumer, uh, what, the, what the consumers want and need is changing so fast. You know, 10 years ago, they didn't know that they wanted to do everything on their phone. They didn't know that. <laughs> You know, but now sure. they do. I sure as hell know that. I want to do everything on my phone too. Um, it's just the way it is. And if you don't adjust your business model, do you think it's going to survive long term? It's come on. It, we all know. We all know the answers to this. We just have to be honest and uh, put in the work. So, Kevin, I appreciate so much you bringing your your expertise and your perspective. Um, I didn't realize Open Door has been around for five years in Phoenix. That's interesting. So that's a long time. They've learned a lot. They've, um, done, a lot, they've done a lot of deals. Absolutely. Oh, and something we haven't even talked about here is like Zillow with their offers program. Guess what? Most, most sellers don't go with Zillow, but guess what? When they go down that path to get an offer, now Zillow has their information and knows, oh, this is a seller lead. Hmm. They're not stupid. They're now becoming this massive source of seller leads, which we all want. Um, Open door, they have all that data too. Like every company that has a consumer fill out a form with their email address saying, hey, I want an offer on my home. That's a great seller lead. I don't know about you, but I want my brokerage to have those leads. Me too. 
Yeah. So, so, so that's a silver lining to this. And if you put your own program together, you'll have great seller leads too. Even if they don't take your offer, you know, you know who they are and you know that they're interested. So Evan, thank you so much. Um, and if you guys have not listened to Kevin and Fred's podcast, it has a very clever name. Yeah, we're, we're super original. That's our thing. Absolutely. The uh, Kevin and Fred's podcast. Kevin and Fred's uh, Next Level Podcast. Next, yeah. next Level Podcast, yes. See, see, that is cool. And you guys have built a whole brand about around Next Level and you guys do events. Um, it, I'll give you a, in a second, I'll give you a chance to let everyone know where they can find you. But uh, to end every show, we do these rapid fire questions, uh, these either or questions, just pick one or the other uh, okay. that, that help people get to know you a little bit better. And then I'll ask for an app recommendation for an app that you're obsessed with right now. Doesn't have to be a real estate or business one. And then uh, I'll give you a chance to, uh, to let everyone know where they can find you. So you ready for some rapid fire? Rapid fire. Let's do it. All right, my friend. Facebook or Instagram? Facebook. Facebook or Snapchat? Facebook. Instagram or LinkedIn? Instagram. Book or podcast? Depends on the day. Overall, podcast. Nice iPhone or Android? Oh man. Is that a real question? iPhone. Dude, people still answer Android. They still do. People I respect even. You, you should ask that question Android. first so you can filter them out and not put them on your show. <laughs> That's right. That should be my only qualifying question. <laughs> iPhone or Android. Exactly. Alexa or Google Home? Uh, I'm afraid of both of them. As much as I love tech. Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, it's funny. I actually, uh, I don't, Alexa, I guess. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of either. Okay. Fair enough. Burgers or pizza? Ooh, burger. Nice. New York or LA? LA, but not even close. Really? Not even close. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. I'm a beach guy. I'm you just a West Coast like guy. A beach guy. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. The, the flip flops give it away. Flip flops in the hair. Yes. Yes, exactly. If you guys, you guys can't see him right now, he has a flowing locks uh, like Fabio. <laughs> exactly. Uh, baseball or football? That's like asking me to pick which kid I love more. I, I don't. I don't think I can pick between the two. Ooh, I like. I like it. Um, okay, NFL or Major League Baseball? Does that help? Same. Well, so maybe okay. this will give you more insight. The pros versus college pros all day long. Okay. You prefer so, I'll take NFL or NBA or Major League Baseball over NCAA ten times out of ten. Okay. There that that definitely separates separates it. Um I was gonna ask mountains or beach. But beach. You're a beach. Uh are we in a bubble nationwide or not a bubble real estate wise? Mm, I think it depends on how you define bubble. So I would say the way I define bubble, not a bubble. Right. Cool. Podcast or vlog? Podcast. YouTube or Facebook Live? Facebook Live. Uber or Lyft? Lyft. Keller Williams or EXP? <laughs> Dude, you're, um, everyone knows the answer to that, obviously. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're, I'm with, I'm with Gary. Kelly, the C CEO of SW, uh, Southwest Airlines, yeah. So freaking funny. So funny. Because uh, <laughs> how crazy is it that Gary, Keller, and Kelly they're so close. I don't know. That was it's, hilarious. Uh, yeah, it's the small things in life that really make me happy. <laughs> uh, where was that video? Was that on Facebook? 
That was on Facebook, yeah, where we went live. Basically, it was like our one-year anniversary of being at EXP. And so we uh, decided to give a shout-out to our favorite CEO named Gary. Yep, Gary K. GK, Gary Kelly, Southwest Airlines. Dude, that's awesome. Last one, Gary V or Grant Cardone? Gary V all day long. Love it. Awesome. And then are there any apps on your phone right now that, that you're obsessed with that you'd recommend? Yeah, you know, I had to think about that for a moment. Probably, I'm going to give you two, and this just where my head's at these days is my Zero Fasting app and my Aura Ring app. Those what's, are that, two. what's the second one? Uh, Aura Ring. So, uh, like, my ring uh, is an activity tracker. Most importantly, it tracks my sleep. Uh-huh. Um, and so, that's something I'm on constantly. I mean, it does steps and all that other stuff too, but sleep is for me where it's at. Okay, so instead of like a fitness tracker watch, it's yeah, a ring. It's just a ring. I haven't, I haven't seen those before. That's cool. Awesome. Well, Kevin, where can people find you? Where can they? Where can they find your podcast? How can they uh, find out more about you? Oh, damn it! I was going to ask a very specific question for you that, um, that it kind of plays into where people can find you. Okay. But um, chiropractor or neck hammock? Ooh, man! I love my neck hammock. I love my neck hammock. For those that don't know, what's the neck hammock? So it's that thing that you saw on Instagram ads and Facebook ads right, right around Christmas time, like constantly. But it's literally a little tiny ha- hammock built for the back of your neck and it hangs off of like a doorway or you can hang it off anything else. You just lay in it and you're it's just super, it's like a little bit of a, what's that called? Um, they'll do it at the chiropractor or physical therapist. Traction? Uh, traction, yeah. Traction. So it's like it adds a little bit of traction and it's just super soft and pillowy like it's it's just amazing like if you just want to relax for 10 minutes get in the neck hammock it's amazing and is that your product no although i thought about making it mine uh because i certainly sold plenty of them just by posting about it on facebook oh see i thought it what are you just an affiliate or you just like the product no dude i just here's the true story i love i love okay you got to know i like like if you give me the tv i'll watch infomercials okay yeah so like you got to know that i'm that guy like like Billy Mays was my hero. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm that guy. So you got to know that I'm that guy. I, like, I love products. Um, so it was just this thing. I kept seeing the ad and my niece ended up buying it for me for Christmas. And I just, I posted about it. I literally just be, being funny. I just posted like, oh, I got the neck hammock. But all these people commented like, oh my God, I've been wondering about that. I keep seeing that in my ads. Let me know what you think. Like, and it went crazy. So I posted about it again the next day and it went crazy again. And so it just became this thing. So it, I eventually, after like wow. my fifth post, I went and got an Amazon affiliate account and put it in there. So, you know, I, I think I made $8 from the like 40 or 50 neck hammocks I sold. Um, so, you know, I'm rich now. I've got, I've got that, I've got that, all that neck hammock money in my piggy bank. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Some people have that old money. You've got that neck hammock money. I've got that neck hammock money. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. It, that's how powerful social media is. Like I thought, I thought you invented the product or had some involvement with the company because you were, I, I don't know, that's just what I thought. So, well, it just, it got so crazy that I wouldn't change my, uh, my employer to neck hammock on Facebook. Just for oh, the, that's what screwed me up just for the status update because I knew because he was <laughs> eating it up. It's so funny. It's like, I had this thing a couple of years ago with driverless Ubers. Um, and I still, to this day, people it's that's, it's the power of social media. Seriously. It's the, it's the Facebook. Um, yeah. When you said you work at neck hammock, I, that's what screwed me up. I was like, Oh my God, that's awesome. So where can people find you? 
So Facebook is obviously the easiest. Um, you can, so we've got a Facebook group called Next Level Agents. Um, so facebook.com forward slash next groups forward slash next level agents. Um, find me, Kevin Kaufman, K-A-U-F-F-M-A-N on Facebook. I don't know the, I don't know my URL or handle for Twitter or Instagram. I'm on both, but so you can find me. It can't be that hard to find. Uh, and then kevinandfred.com would be, would be easy. Awesome. And we'll link up all your social media in the show notes. So with any, with all of our episodes, just go to massiveagentpodcast.com, click on episodes or do slash episodes. And in the show notes, we'll have all of Kevin's social media. Uh, we'll link to his group. We might even link to the neck hammock. So send us your, your affiliate link for that. For I think sure. we're going to need to do that for sure. I, I, you know, I think we'd be doing a disservice to the listeners if we didn't. So I think you're right. hundred percent. Right. Awesome. Um, Kevin, I really appreciate it. You're someone I've looked up to for a while. Um, you know, when, when you guys moved over to EXP, I remember, cause I think, cause you guys are one of the big teams that Inman wrote about, um, yeah. part of this wave from Keller Williams to EXP. And when I first saw that, I was like, holy shit. And it, it validated, uh, you know, it validated the move I made because I, I definitely looked up to you guys and respected you and, and your reputation and the business you've built. So that said a lot. Um, and, and then just following you within EXP and what you've been able to build and how you've been able to lead and grow a team and all that. Um, it's, it's commendable. And, and I look up to you guys, you guys are doing a great job. Um, so keep it up, man. I really appreciate you being on the show. I appreciate it, man. I feel the same way. Like I've, I've watched, I've watched a lot of what you've done over the last year or two, uh, since, you know, Chelsea introduced us in a way she didn't yeah. actually introduce us, but she made me aware of you. And so I've watched your work too. And super appreciate it. And, uh, thanks a lot for letting me come on the show and, and chat about iVirus with you. And neck hammocks. And neck hammocks, of course. You bet. <laughs> thanks, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, bud. Take it easy. You see, you, you just have to have the information. It, it's amazing how many times in life, this isn't just with realtors. This isn't just industry specific. This is human beings because there's so much information out there, but we, we read a headline or we get a little bit of the information and then we make our mind up on the whole damn thing. But that, is that serving us? Of course not. That's not serving us. When, when you're, you're making your mind up with a fraction of the information. So iBuyers, as you just heard, can be a great tool to help you sell more homes. If you understand them, if you know how they work, if they know, if you know who they work for and who they usually don't work for and factor that into your marketing, factor it into your business model, guys, you can help more sellers by bringing them more off, more offers, more options and more offers. That's going to help you to get more listings versus the agent who just has one, one option for them. List your home. It's going to cost this much. And here's what you'll net. You need to put this much in, in repairs, if any, and here's what you get. That's one option. You know, some sellers will go for it, but if you bring multiple options, you're going to get more deals. That's just a fact. It's common sense. All right. So make sure you factor that in and do not be scared of these damn iBuyers when you read about it in Inman and you see a headline and look, your brokerage, Hope if you're with Keller Williams, you already know about how they've partnered with OfferPad. If you're with EXP, maybe you don't know yet that we've partnered with, I believe it's called Wedgwood, a major home buyer and we Soon, EXP will have our own iBuyer program. I've, I've heard it's launching by the end of 2019. So that is going to be a huge tool in the tool belt of EXP agents, knowing that our brokerage, who's not trying to compete with us like an open door, uh, our brokerage is there to provide one of these options to the seller as well. So, and, and either way, you get taken care of financially, your seller gets taken care of 
financially and, and, you know, ultimately. So it's just a great thing to be able to offer if you understand it. You know, speaking of making your mind up without having all the information, since we all do this to a certain extent, and I've done this before, the brokerage you choose matters a lot. Okay. And, and if you don't think it does, then you haven't looked at a few brokerages. You haven't really gotten the information on what some other brokerages do offer and provide for their agents. It's not about how much it costs per transaction. That's it's important, but what's more important is what you get in return for that. If, if, if it cost you $10,000, but you made $50,000, is that a good investment? Or would you just go for the thousand dollar thing? Cause it's cheaper, right? Obviously you want the value. If I spend this much, how much do I get? Here's, here's why I'm bringing this up guys. Your brokerage matters a great deal. I made a strategic move at the, at the, uh, the middle of 2018. So just over a year ago, I made a very strategic move for the first time in my real estate career. I switched brokerages and I actually left a brokerage that was only, sorry, my timer was going off. I left a brokerage that was only $500 per transaction. And I went to eXp Realty, which is an 80, 20 split up until you, you cap out at 16,000 paid for the year. So I was actually paying 20% per transaction up to a point versus 500 bucks per deal. So on paper, if you're only looking at the cost per transaction, right here and now. Yeah. It cost me more money, but uh, either I'm just really stupid, which I don't think I am with some things. Absolutely. But with this, no, it was a strategic business move because I looked at the value and I'm telling you guys, if you have made up your mind about EXP one way or another, if you're considering turning this off right now, because you've already made your mind up, but you haven't really, you haven't really given it a full, honest, open-minded look you're doing yourself a huge disservice. Look, if you give it an open, an open-minded, honest look, and you decide it's not for you, did that cause you any harm? No. Maybe it takes you thirty minutes, you know, to look into it and get the information. And if you're like, eh, I still don't get it. I still don't like it. Cool. Now you know. But at least you have the information. So if you if you're one of those people that's made up your mind about EXP Realty, but you have not gotten all the information, just stop. Okay get the information and then make up your mind. It, when it's said like that, like how, how could you not? So if you think you have all the information, you probably don't. Otherwise you'd be with us. Seriously. You'd be on my team. We'd be working arm in arm, hand in hand, um, building our businesses together. So if you want to get the information, here's what you need to do. Just click play on a video. And then if, when you have questions, reach out to me. That's it. Hit me up on Instagram at Massive Agent. Uh, send me a DM on Facebook uh, through the Massive Agent Podcast Facebook page, whatever. Send me an email, Dustin at Massive Agent. Uh, but just go to massiveagentpodcast.com slash EXP, massiveagentpodcast.com slash EXP, and find out why I have put, why I am all in with this brokerage and why, after what I saw in Vegas last week at the leadership event, we're, we're opening three to five new countries every year for the next 10 years. Do you think the, the company is going to grow? Do you think your opportunity to, uh, to build a massive business of other agents in other countries and, and get paid like a broker by taking a piece of every deal they close? It doesn't cost them any more money, but it comes out of the company's dollar. Look, eXp pays out 50% of the revenue that comes to them back to the agents in the rev share program, the revenue share program. 50%, 50 cents of every dollar that, that comes to the company gets paid back to the agents. You find me another brokerage that does that. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
massiveagentpodcast.com slash EXP. Find out why we're growing so fast. Find out why we will grow incredibly fast once we open up in Mexico and Australia and the UK and Germany and Belgium and wherever else, everywhere. Okay, three to five new countries every year. Would you rather if you're gonna if you're gonna join EXP, would you rather join before the big rush or after? Okay. Look, just get the information, see if it makes sense. Massiveagentpodcast.com slash EXP. And I would love to work with you. I would love for you to be on our team working together synergistically. You you would get free lifetime membership to the Massive Agent Podcast. Jesus. No, you'd get free lifetime membership to the Massive Agent Society, our lead generation, um, client, client generation program um, that is normally a lifetime membership is 3000 bucks. So you could get that for free um, or it's $2.99 a month. But find out more about that over at MassiveAgentSociety.com. We only allow one agent per market. So some markets are already claimed. Those that have become lifetime members, their market is theirs forever. So find out if yours is still available. You have an option of becoming the only agent in your market to be part of our program, to have access to our database of Facebook ads. But if you are with EXP on our team, then you get it for free. And I do additional coaching above and beyond that for my EXP peeps. Ultimately, I want to help you sell more homes. I want to get you a revenue share check as well that comes in every single month, regardless if you're closing deals or not, because that, that is how you provide, that's how you create financial security. That's how you create wealth over time, residual passive income. And that's how you protect yourself when the next recession comes, whenever that happens by having a residual income every month. So if you have a three-month, four-month, five-month lull or a, a drought, but you st- you're still getting three, $4,000 a month from EXP because you had uh, the foresight to take advantage of, of the revenue share program they offer, then do you think that's going to be good for you and your family? Is that going to relieve some stress during the next recession? Of course it is. So guys, I'm there for a reason. I think I'm a pretty smart business guy. I think I have, I have great vision. I think I see the writing on the wall in the industry. I think I can see where things are going. And let me ask you this. If you knew Netflix existed, would you own a Blockbuster? If you knew Netflix existed, would you would you work on building a business of Blockbusters? Would you Would you continue opening new Blockbusters if you knew Netflix existed? That's what we're talking about here. So... Guys, I'd love to talk to you about it. Would love for you to jump on board and work with me. It's, it's, I've never seen anything else like it in the industry. And um, a year from now, this is the smallest we'll ever be. So hopefully you're with us and hopefully you don't wait a full year like I did. Um, anyways, all right, guys, um, go support Postcard Mania. Go to uh, postcardmania.com slash realtor kit. Get your free marketing kit for agents. Guys, do that. It's great stuff. It's going to help you and it's totally free. And if you would, if you've received any value from the show, please go to iTunes, also known as Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review, leave us a rating and let us know um, what you think. We'd appreciate a five-star review or a rating and it really helps us to be seen by more people and to grow our audience. And, And if you've received value, share this with one of your colleagues. Uh, if you've learned something new that you this was helpful for you, it'll be helpful for someone else. Please consider sharing it on social media. Share it within your office. Share it with a colleague. Share it with some other industry friends. Share it with your lender partner or your title partner uh, because uh, 
I, a recession's coming at some point and I want you guys to not just survive it, but absolutely thrive. And by doing the right things, you will. You, you gotta start right now though. So guys, get after it, take action. Don't be scared of iBuyers. Go make sure you get all the information on eXp Realty so you're not making your mind up on something where you really only have a couple details or you're basing your opinion off someone else's opinion and you don't know how informed they are, if at all. So make up your own damn mind like an adult. Massiveagentpodcast.com slash eXp. And I will talk to you guys soon. Go sell, go sell some homes. Go close some loans. Take care.